My name is Nathan Kolopek. I am Matthew Morkin. And this is the Veritas Equipping Podcast. Our goal is, especially during this time, to equip you to live out your faith and love Jesus well. Well, hey, everyone. We've been going through our core values the last several, last couple times, I guess. Not several. We're getting there. But uh, we want to take these next few podcasts and cover the core values. So we talked about core values two weeks ago or three weeks ago. What are core values? So our four core values for Connection Group specifically are community care, application, and multiplication. And essentially, they're kind of setting the trajectory, setting the line for where we want to go, living out those core values together. That's the win of Connection Group. Yeah, and so that helps us. Like what you just said, like it's the win of Connection Group. It gives us something to kind of look at, look forward to, and observe as as we pray for mature disciples to be going out into our community. So last time then, we focused on community. And it's interesting that among these four values, we have community and multiplication. Like that still blows my mind, but it's so good to have them up front. Great community will multiply, but let's not go there. Um, (laughs) You love that one. You love multiplication. I do. I I do. I love that. Yeah. It's it's great. The church. Okay. Anyways, but back to our point here, right? So (laughs) what is community as we view it within the core values? Yeah. Just as a refresher, when we talk about community, we're trying to express the fact that connection groups should be a place where you like each other and you build relationship. The, The goal of connection group isn't just just only to be like a Bible study where you can come in and deal with information and leave. But relationships are building the bridges, building the trust, building the context for you to actually have good, hard conversations, actually care well for each other, have the kind of relationships where you multiply out. And it's easy enough in our culture for us to be individuals, Lone Ranger Christians, and we actually need each other in the body. So we want to explicitly put out, we need community in that. We need community, yes. Individualism is not uh, what we see in the New Testament for the church. So then we roll into care, Mm -hmm. uh, the new core value for the day, care. Give us an overview of what what you've been thinking, what your heart is for care as it pertains to our core values in our connection groups. Yeah, I I was um, helping with one of our, our Veritas classes last night and we were talking about how the church is a family and just recognized I was hit again by the fact that Veritas is a large church and bigger than than most churches I think people here have experienced. My experience is, is a little bit odd where I, I wasn't actually a Christian until um, early in high school and I was at Cornerstone, which is another large church in our network. And so before that, I had been in smaller churches, but I wasn't a Christian. I didn't, I didn't care. I didn't want any part of it. And so my, my church experience has been shaped by being in very large contexts. And most people at Veritas have not been in churches this big. So figuring out, okay, who's going to know me and know my life? Who's going to know my struggles? Who do I go to when I need help? Who do I encourage? Who do I show love and affection for? The way that, that we've structured things here, this is our kind of crazy, is that our shepherding, our, our care, our love flows through connection groups. I was talking to another guy yesterday and his fiance is from a smaller church background. And one of her pushbacks with church this size was like, well, at my small church, I can go meet a couple old ladies and, and hear their stories. I can go talk to the pastor. But at a large church, you can't do that. Part of my instinct was like, this is such a Jake each line. So I'm, I'm ripping Jake each. It's like, well, yeah, but us as pastors, we're just guys. Like, you know, Jake's just some guy. <laughs> like by God's grace, he's preaching the word. He's doing a great job. But like, 
why would somebody need to go and talk to Jake? And now, like, we want to respect and honor our leaders for sure, but at the same time, it's not that us on staff or elders, pastors, whatever, have a extra halo around our heads where you got to come get answers from us. But so much of New Testament life was lived out in these smaller communities where you actually learn to shepherd each other, care for each other. So connection groups are where that thing kind of lands in our church culture. And we would just plead with you, I mean... If you want to meet folks, I mean, Sunday morning, you know, if you're able to make it to the services between the hours, there are a flood of people out in those hallways. And so for those basic connections, like, you know, do unto others as you'd want them to do unto you. So go approach folks, ask them about their experiences, go out for coffee. But that's probably not necessarily going to result in such an intimate, caring thing. Like there's good, they might be your community and they might become your best friend, but there's this community of perhaps 10 or 12 people with different giftings, different abilities, where you're going to really flesh that out. Yep. So when we are talking about care, it's a little bit of shorthand for the list of one another's in the New Testament for us. The way you're going to care about other people is do the kinds of things that the New Testament invites us to do for each other. So one of the passages we've used in LaunchPoint quite a bit, I think our, our connection leaders are going to be talking about this, working through this, is Galatians 6, 1 through 5. I'll, I'll read that quick. Paul writes, brothers, if anyone is caught in any transgression, so there's, there's a context there where something's going wrong, right? You need some care, you need some shepherding, you need some concern. You who are spiritual should restore him in a spirit of gentleness. Now, when he's saying spiritual there, he's not saying like you who are better Christians, whatever, but he's just talked about the fruit of the Spirit. He's talked about the kinds of people who are um, sowing to the Spirit, leaning in, listening, and the Spirit's bearing fruit in their life of love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. So the spiritual person is the person who's like loving other people in a patient way. So he's not saying you go out and correct people in a spirit of frustration, quick temper, whatever, but he's saying, no, 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 as the Spirit's teaching you to love people like Jesus has loved you, okay, you who are spiritual in that aspect, go ahead and restore them. Restoration's the goal. Keep watch over yourselves lest you too be tempted. Bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. There's that one another there. For if anyone thinks he's something when he is nothing, he deceives himself. Don't, don't be proud about where you stand or how you are. Like You're not the Savior. You need a Savior. But let each one test his own work, and then his reason to boast will be in himself alone and not in his neighbor. For each one will have to bear his own load. That's kind of the passage we've used to, to walk through this last couple of rounds of launch point, this core value of care. And I think, I mean, I got the opportunity to preach through that passage a couple of years ago. And just the beauty of like, there is a celebration when you think, you know, I struggled with this so much five years ago. And then with the people who are pushing me along a little bit on the side and God, the work of the Holy Spirit within my life, I, I'm not the man I was five years yeah. ago. Mm-hmm. And there's that celebration within the community that goes there. And I think sometimes with this concept of care, and you referenced it before, like hard conversations mm-hmm. are part of care. Like yeah. talk us through, you know, in connection group, the intentionality, uh, the pursuit, like tell me more about that. Yeah. What does care look like? Yeah. Let, let me let me answer your question with a question. What are some of the one numbers you can remember off the top of your head? What are the ones that stick out from the New Testament? Uh, love one another. Beautiful. Yeah. Um, Encourage one another. Yeah, bear one another's burdens, yep. uh, which we just read, so I'm yeah. cheating. Uh, <laughs> no, that's I mean, good, that's good. There, so there's a lot of like relationship, the things we say to each other, bear one another's burdens, that's kind of a big category. There's like exhort one another, you're kind of challenging or rebuking one another in that, right? So if, if I'm really going to care for someone, there's 
physical needs sometimes. We saw in, in Acts 2 that that church, man, some people had needs, and so other people helped meet those needs as a family. There are spiritual needs, emotional needs, relational needs. Um, Galatians 6, 1 through 5 is really helpful because it talks about this balance between personal responsibility and community life. So it's it's not that I'm supposed to expect my connection group to do everything for me, right? I am bringing gifts. I'm bringing strengths and help as well. But I mean, one example, we had someone in our connection group uh, after the, the derecho, their house shifted and, and their basement flooded. And so we canceled group that night and went over and tried to clean things up. And um, one of the guys in our group helps manage properties. And so he had massive industrial dehumidifiers and other people brought shop vacs. And it was just an example of like, hey, all right, you're one of us. Like you're one of our own. Yeah, we're going to help care for you in that. Mm-hmm. I, I know other groups and there are people that have struggled with with addiction, alcoholism. Part of care looks like showing up to their house and saying like, man, you got to stop. Mm-hmm. This is tearing your life apart. How do we help you? How do we, right? The, the goal is restoration mm-hmm. um, in, in verse one. Okay, but restoration, we have to acknowledge like something's off here. How can we love you and help you? Mm-hmm. So real care is going to look like, yeah, showing up to help someone who can actually move or helping if someone is struggling to meet their bills. Man, how can we help and be part of that community too Mm -hmm. it can it can look like a lot of different things based on the seasons of life people are in um and the the particular needs that come up in their group yeah that's one of the things that's amazing right because you develop within that community friendships you know hopefully maybe not everybody's best friends right but you're you're focused on the same thing you're going the same direction you have needs and and like you've just said we talk about practical needs but we talk more about spiritual needs it's, yeah. it's not just hey how was your day at work or how was the project at work it's like how was your heart when the project didn't go well at work yeah. you know yeah. and pursuing this this calling on us to be like Christ no matter how the project goes and i can have brothers around me brothers and sisters around me yeah. who know me more intimately they see me around we have that relationship we are community and they can ask me questions about those bigger issues. Yeah. And they can also see me grimace sometime when some question is asked. And they can be like, hey, what was that about? Yeah. And so I think, you know, again, recognizing that we're a larger church, but trying to be human. Like we are human. We can't just say we're a larger church because we're a part of the larger church. And so what do we want this larger church to be? Totally. We want it to be full of communities. We want people to be subject to one another and have people looking into their lives, Mm -hmm. having people examine their lives, having people exhort them where they need to be exhorted to be. And then really that you can really celebrate with somebody who you have walked through life with for that as well. So talk to me a little bit about care, like care as it relates, and we've kind of alluded to community, but the next two that we're going to cover, be covering is application and multiplication. So how does care fit in when we have this spectrum of four. Yep. Yep. So care works with application because as you're applying the word, you come up with context for care. Okay. If, if we're listening to a message on unity from first Corinthians and, and you find someone in the group has been, maybe they've been the victim of like racism. Maybe someone in your community has had, whether it's racial slurs set against them or, or they've suffered in that. If I really care for them, man, I'm going to listen to their story and meet them where they're at and try to love them with the love of the gospel. So part of care is like weeping with those who weep. Like that's that's applying the, the text there. Another part of it is when we come up with places in the word that are challenges to us. So 
you know, Monday night at Connection Group, my poor Connection Group is going to feel like I'm just reading their mail <laughs> and over this podcast, whatever. If you listen to this Connection Group, I'm sorry, but um, come tell me that you're listening. Um, <laughs> as we talked about lining up our lives, right, the aim of our life that, that sets the trajectory for our maturity or our rebuke. People just shared honestly about their past, shared about how they want to try to take active steps. So I'm, I'm going to talk to one person who said, yeah, I just need to start my day with my Bible. I'm running towards success. I want success every day. I need to reorient how I'm lining up my life. And so I'm just going to ask him, yeah, later on today, like, hey, do you start your day reading your Bible? That's one way I can care for him, right? It's applying the passage that's going to flow into care. So application has a, a deep personal aspect. I'm applying the word in my life. But then care shows up in how I'm supporting and helping other people apply the word in their life. Okay. So we go back to my, my favorite one, multiplication. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. Care, care then in multiplication. Yep. How, how does that look? I'm, I'm dumping into these people. They're dumping into me. Dumping into what a freak. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Why would we, why would we break up the band? Why would we, if, if you're really caring well for each other, why would we stop? Why would we not just stick together for the next 20 years? The world around us is going to be dumbfounded by our love for one another. They, they will know that we are Jesus's by our love for one another. Mm-hmm. And that's actually going to create a context for multiplication to happen. More people are going to come to Christ as we share the gospel and give evidence by the way that we live our lives together. And we get to multiply communities of care. For some people, I, I genuinely think you've never experienced a rich deep community that cares for one another well and so it it feels like torture if we ask you to go and multiply that out but let me tell you doing it in one group teaches you how to do it in the next group and the next group and the next group right and and i love this actually so we've been in a couple different connection groups at veritas over our time multiplying helping with different groups all kinds of stuff there my wife was pregnant throughout the last year of the last group we were in and had our baby, and then a couple months later, we helped launch another group. And so on Sundays, we see people from the last group we're in, and they're like, man, you had your baby, and you took her away from us. Like, we want to love on her, we want to care for her. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, my daughter now has more people that care about her because we've been in two different groups, right? Yeah. <laughs> or, or Elena had, um, yeah, I mean, friends from two groups ago that had already had kids that she could ask questions to and reach out to. Mm-hmm. So it's not that we have fewer people that care for us. We actually have more because we've multiplied groups. Mm-hmm. Now, the, the level of closeness of relationship, yeah, that's that's different, right? We're not meeting weekly with those people, but we have more connections across the church, more people to care for us and that we get to care for as well. Mm-hmm. So we're not actually making you care less by multiplying your group. We're actually inviting you to care more mm-hmm. and experience more care as part of this church mm-hmm. as we have more groups happen. Mm-hmm. And with that, more people are going to want in and we're going to have to keep multiplying. So how does care, this core value of our connection groups, how does it help us raise up mature disciples, send out everyday missionaries, glorify God? How does it fit into that picture? Yeah. As we care for one another, we're going to care about each other's maturity. We're going to see opportunities to encourage each other, but also challenge each other, live out these one another's in a way that will actually lead towards maturity in, in each other and in ourselves. I grow in maturity when I learn to be selfless and care for other people. Because I'm reflecting actually Jesus, the ultimate in mature. He's our mature older brother who set aside his concerns for himself and his personal physical safety, the comforts and riches of heaven. He set them all aside 
so that he could care for us, mm. care about wow. our well-being when we were rejecting him. Absolutely. As I learn to do that for other people, man, I'm going to grow because I'm being like Jesus and I'm, I'm relying on his strength and I'm, I'm kind of letting the gospel implications that grace flow through me to others. That's a huge thing, right? So I'm going to be raised up more as a mature disciple as I learn to obey Jesus and live like him and love the people he loves. Mm. Also with everyday missionaries, being a missionary is tiring. It's hard. Um, when people in our connection groups are stepping out across cultural boundaries or, um, you know, going to their neighbors, sharing the gospel in their workplaces, they're going to need people to care for them because it's tiring. It's hard to push through those things to try to share the gospel. Sometimes we'll be rejected, we'll be whatever. As I care for people, I'm going to encourage them. When I see someone taking steps of faith, man, I just, I tried to get in a spiritual conversation with my neighbor today. I've never done that before. I'm going to encourage them and care for their soul by saying, no matter how it went, God, God still loves you because of Jesus, right? He doesn't love you based on your success rate, whatever your batting average when it comes to sharing the gospel. He loves you because of Jesus. And so even care shows up in how we support each other in being everyday missionaries. And one, one final passage, I don't know if this fully fits in, but I, I love it. I've been thinking about it a lot lately. First Thessalonians um, 5.14. And we urge you, brothers or brothers and sisters, admonish the idle, encourage the faint-hearted, help the weak, be patient with them all. That's one expression of care. Admonish the idle just means people that are disorderly, undisciplined, stubborn, rebellious. Man, we need to admonish them, which is kind of like a challenge. Hey, that's not good for you. You're not living in line with your identity. We need to encourage the faint-hearted. People are just tired. How do I encourage them and speak their identity, speak God's grace in their life, and then help the weak? Just be patient with them all. I think it's really easy to jump quickly to challenging certain people or or just assuming people are weak and they're just going to need our help. I, I think the flow of this really as we live it out in connection group is start with being patient with everyone, assuming they're faint-hearted. I mean, if someone's struggling with something in group, encourage them, point to their identity in Christ and, and encourage them to keep taking steps and see what happens. Then if that doesn't seem to be helping or, or working as you're trying to care for them long-term, assume they're a weak person. Just try to give them some help and see if that helps things continue to change. And finally, if that doesn't work, okay, admonish them as if they're idle, stubborn, disorderly. Something like a marriage issue. Say, I'm talking to a guy who's struggling with his marriage. For someone to encourage him, here's some steps you can take, man. Oh, you're doing a good job there. Keep doing that. Like, this is how you can love your wife. Then if he continues to struggle with the same frustration, bitterness, whatever, okay, I can go to him and say, hey, can I just help you along? Would it be helpful to ha- like play out this conversation? And if it still doesn't work, I challenge him and I go, listen, man, it doesn't seem like your heart's changing here. But I got to be patient in that whole process too. That's one way we just practically can live out these one another's when it comes to relational struggles, spiritual struggles, whatever, um, in in connection groups. Yeah, that's a great text to go along with us. So with this, so thanks Nathan for hanging out. We're talking core values. We just discussed care amid the uh, community care application multiplication core values Veritas Church. We hope you found this beneficial. And we love you, Veritas Church. We love you. Get equipped. Boom. Boom.